Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of High Minded with McCarter. I'm your host, McCarter. I'm her co-host, SK. This episode, we talked to Cody, aka Esoteric.420. He is a cannabis photographer, has been doing it for seven years, has a large following on Instagram. Yeah, he has over 130,000 followers now that he's been building this community, like SK said, for over seven years. And before that, he was actually a scene kid on MySpace, where he had over 60,000 friends as well. So he's been doing this for a while, and I feel like he was meant to do it. Yeah, we talked to him about what it's like to get shadow banned on Instagram and what it looks like to get your account back and what cannabis And being creators. deactivated. Yeah, the whole um, the struggle of cannabis content creators on Instagram and like... Yeah. And basically how he's grown his community and page so much over these years just by staying consistent with his content and always trying to strive to the next level. So if it's with photography, you know, getting that better lens, he really loves like the macro approach. So getting really, really close in um, so you can see like everything the bud is like I don't even know how close that is macro wise, but yeah, he was talking about like the 360 camera that he just got. So oh, he can go like yeah. do videos. It's, yeah. It's so, like, really amazing. 360 degree of the bud, but like really close in. So you can see like all the tiny hairs and trichomes. It's so cool. You have to check out his page. It's at esoteric period. Then the numbers 420. And this episode is brought to you by Hemperbox. Use code McCarter gets high to save. And as always, follow us on Instagram at High Minded Pod. Subscribe, like, all the stuff. Uh, just, yeah, reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Yes, we always want to hear from you. And I love this month's Hemperbox. Got a tornado box in the mail with a really fun new rig. And as always, they hook me up with Q-tips, as well as a new lighter, a new hemp wick. I just ran out of hemp wick. It's so nice having like a little head shop in a box delivered right to your mail discreetly so you don't have to be running out late at night for a lighter or some butane. It's really awesome. And yeah, check us out on Instagram or follow me at High. And thanks again for listening. Please follow, subscribe, and as always, stay high. My name is Cody, uh, SCHEC420 on Instagram, and I've been just doing cannabis photography and social media marketing and just creative directing for a bunch of companies over the last, uh, well, going on like seven years now, uh, more consistently like five years plus the last seven, uh, kind of, it was the first two years was a little off and on because I was still trying to find my place in the industry and trying to create a name for myself by just doing free work for people and just building whatever I could off of that. And um, yeah, Basically, getting to that spot, it uh, it took a while. It took a lot of effort and time, and um, just consistency, consistent, you know, engaging on people's profiles, reaching out to new clients and new people, trying to build relationships with people, and just uh, never giving up, even during the hardest times. So, yeah, um, yeah. I come from though. I was born and raised in Fort Collins, then moved out to Oregon first half of my life, then came back here, and I um, I started doing retail and. Uh, 
customer service for McDonald's and King Supers and all that. So my first jobs ever. And uh, truthfully, how I got into cannabis was I had um, was working the overnight at McDonald's, and my uh, overnight manager came up to me and he's and he's like, "Hey, man, you smoke?" And I was like. Well, no, I've never tried it, but you know, I'd be down to try it or whatever. And uh, he's like, "Yeah, sure, come on, let's go to the bathroom." And it was like one o'clock, two o'clock in the in the morning, and so we closed down the store for thirty minutes. We went to the bathroom, got high, and I had a blast, laughed my ass off, ended up going <laughs> home next morning on a bike because uh, I was biking to work at then. And that's kind of just like how it all got started for me, in a sense. And then it just one thing led to another, and I met more people and smoked more and. Um, not to get too much into nitty gritty because I could be here for hours talking about it all, sure. but uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know I started growing for uh, I started growing for myself and for I think I, I don't I want to say maybe my mom at the time, but if it wasn't my mom, it was for another medical patient. I'm just not I can't remember. It's been almost ten years now, and uh, I was doing it in Fort Collins, just had a little grow, and I started taking some photos because I saw some other people doing on Instagram, taking the photos and posting them. And Wait, I was what, like, what year was this? Sorry. Oh yeah, totally. This was uh, 2012. 2012. Yeah, that's crazy to think back how far it has been. Um, Were you a legal caregiver? Yeah, I was a legal caregiver, cool. and I had my own. I had uh, an extended plant count as well, so I had cool. I could go uh, grow 34 plants for myself, and then an extra 12 for another person, so a total of 46. And um, it was pretty cool. It was going really good for me for a while there. And uh, then Braden was born, my son was born, and I kind of switched gears over into the industry. And I got into uh, cultivating for Kind Love as one of my first industry jobs. Nice. I got my support badge nice. and everything. I worked there for probably, I want to say eight months to a year, pretty solid. And uh, I was just making a commute from Loveland to Denver at the time, back and forth. So after a while, um, I made the decision to leave there and continue on with uh I think my photography and content, because it started picking up, my follower count on Instagram had grown exponentially, and I was having companies reach out to me asking for uh, content and what I charged for and all that. And so it just sparked this whole new drive in me to start uh, working for myself even more and trying to build a business for myself and a brand for myself and for my family for their future, because that's something never that has been done for me. And it's not nothing against my parents, but a lot of people's parents had grown up not learning the aspects of wealth and how to create it and how to build generational wealth and then pass that forward to their children. And so I think that's important to teach our children nowadays so that way we can continue that and build a whole new generation of you know, wealthy individuals who are proud of their parents and not looking back and being like, oh, damn it, mom and dad, why the hell did you have to go buy those four cars and file for bankruptcy or whatever it was, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so admirable. Yeah, wow. it's cool. Definitely Thank you. Important. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. important. My kids are everything, so that's kind of where my head's been at recently, more so. Yeah, that's so interesting because our episode that was released today uh, was all about cannabis and like motherhood and parenting as well. And, oh like, wow, cool. Yeah, we do a, a decent amount of stuff on cannabis and parenting. On that's our awesome. Show, yeah. Is, yeah. So love to hear that you're a proud canna parent. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You have two, two, a four and a five year old. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, they're a handful, but I love them. And I'm so blessed. And I, uh, you know, how it all happened was just, I just look back at it and it just know it's supposed to be. Yeah. Now knowing what has happened today and knowing I would never change anything about it. So That's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. They're so lucky to have you. Uh, th yeah, I feel lucky to have them. So 
Thanks. <laughs> well, one question right off the bat yeah. is like, do they know like what you do and like, you know, do you explain? Do they know about cannabis right yeah, now? Yeah, totally. So um, they know it's medicine. Yeah, that's what I kind of been t- teaching them, and then nice. they know I take photos of medicine, and that that's about the extent of it. I try to explain to them a little more, but they're still kind of too young to right. fully understand like the extent of oh, sure. everything that goes into it and stuff like that. So uh, just dad takes photos of medicine nice. and that's how we're going to get a new house and a new car and all this stuff. And I nice. just keep letting them know that. And so I think that's important to, right? yeah. Yeah. That's so amazing. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still grow today? No, I don't currently. I'm actually in the process of Get in a new place, and then once I get into a new place, I'll be growing again. Nice. It's just um, I took a break from that when Brayden was born, and then when Amari was born, and then there was just some other personal stuff that was going on in my life that just kind of didn't allow me to fully be the person who I am today. So that's where I just had to take a break, and now I'm refining myself. So nice. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was a patient at Kind Love, um, like. I don't know, eight years ago or so. So thank oh, you. Oh, oh yeah. That bomb I didn't know that. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, just five of us working there. And it was uh, a really? 10,000, at least 10,000 square foot facility, 12 rooms. Whoa. Uh, yeah, it was all self, it was pretty all self automated, but, you know, we'd go in there, change out the nudes, do defoiling and uh, all that fun stuff. So cool. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe it was that much square footage, only five people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe it either. I walked <laughs> in and they're like, okay, it's just us. And I'm like, <laughs> what? He's just, what do you mean? It's just us. He's Are like, there little fairies or yeah, elves that yeah, help right, us right. too? <laughs> you get that two thousand square feet. Yeah, down. no, it was, uh, it was super, it was super easy though. They just had such a system going where it didn't take us but a few hours to knock out the tasks and okay. between the five of us, and there wasn't really much need for anyone else. I noticed wow. after working there for a few months, I was like, yeah, the, no wonder why they only need five people. That's awesome yep. to have everything like so squared away that like yeah. um, love systems that work. Right. Like have those operating systems in place that actually work and like dialed in. Like that's so important for cannabis brands these days. I feel yep. like that's where you see people failing is like, you know, having to hire so many people to try to manage like post production and all oh, this. Boy. I can think of a few brands already. Yeah, definitely. You're right. Spot on. No, yeah. it's crazy. So like, I mean, what, I guess that was a really great first learning experience then for you kind of in the cannabis industry before you like moved on to your own thing, right? Right. To see like how it doesn't take that much to operate a successful business. Yeah. Yeah. And but just, definitely dedication is key. And mind, yeah, and a lot of mind over matter, dedication and just um, believing in yourself at the end of the day, just telling yourself you can do whatever you set your mind to. And uh, if you don't know something, just go online and research it. You'd be surprised yes. how easy it is to learn anything online nowadays. YouTube from just, University. You, yeah, there you go, YouTube <laughs> University. Like, you don't need a GED or a high school, uh, well, uh, you probably need a high school diploma, but GED or a college degree, I don't think it's really necessary in life because nowadays, you know, you're going out to work and you're working for people and when's the last time someone's actually asked you, hey, do you have a college degree? Yeah. I mean, it's been like 20 years for me. Same. You know, so I don't, I don't know, coming to that, it just, it doesn't feel as important as it once was in the society. It's all about like just what your experience is, what your background. And if you can get the job done. Skills. Yeah. Yeah. Skills. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, like, how did you get to your point? I mean, like of where you are in 
Instagram and social media, just for people listening who don't know, like you've amassed quite a following of like 130,000 right, followers, right. which is incredible. Thank you. Again, thank you. congratulations. Thank you. Thank like you. I look up, to, I've looked up to your account for uh. a while now, like since I started doing this like three or four years ago now. And so, yeah, I guess just like what advice do you have for people um, besides everything else we've just been saying? <laughs> um, really just staying consistent and believe in yourself and making sure that you just keep pumping out content. Don't give up. Even if it feels like you got nothing to do, nothing, no content to make, post your sandwich you're eating, you know, do whatever it is. Just keep, keep creating that engagement. People want to, you'd be surprised. People just want to see people living their lives because sometimes they don't got anything else to do. And, and being able to provide that to community, I think is beneficial and helpful because it gives people a sense of, of, well-being, people a sense of like wanting to live and being like, oh, cool, that person's able to succeed by setting their mindset to this, you know, level. I can do the same thing if I just follow their lead. An yeah. example, like how you're saying, how you were looking up to me for so long. There's been several hundreds of people have all messaged me and said the same thing. And so, being able to provide that to community, I think, is huge because it it helps grow the whole world in a sense. Yeah. And just being able to give people hope that. This is possible. This, you know, you can live your dream and be successful as long as you just put your mind to it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Was this your like dream at any point in time, or did it kind of manifest over time? Yeah, no, this wasn't my dream at all. Honestly, <laughs> it totally manifested over time. I uh, before I got into any of this, I was actually doing construction, landscaping, uh, working. You know, nine seven to eights with uh, with my buddy. We were killing it, doing really good. That's literally like what my boyfriend does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's good money nonetheless. It's really good money. It's just wear and tear on your body. And hard it, hours yeah, and like hard hours. manual labor. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like I said, once you get into that mindset, it just becomes another thing of every, you know, whatever. And so that's kind of where I learned the whole work ethic and like the mind over matter mentality and being able to put my mind to anything and accomplish it. And... I, for the first couple of years of my Instagram growth and stuff like that, it was uh, it was it was kind of slow, and then out of nowhere, I started creating content and I started just analyzing and pretty much what's the word I'm looking for, just studying everybody else and seeing what was working for everybody else and seeing what was going viral. And I was like, okay, cool, that's going viral. That type of content's going viral. People just want to see super dank joints. They want to see super dank blunts. They want to see people getting lit off their ass doing crazy, stupid stuff. So I was just like, well, how can I capture that and make it my own? And so I did that. And uh, sure enough, it started working. It was I was seeing my posts go viral from other accounts on the Explore page when and before uh, our artificial intelligence came into play and started, you know, really uh, shadow banning accounts and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, I would see my post go viral and shoot, it was crazy. I was getting like millions of views, hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands. thousands. I had one, I had a couple posts hit a million per, uh, wow. you got to also remember back then Instagram wasn't as developed and as yeah. engaged and have as many, uh, daily users as it does today. Yeah. Like I think I read this morning, Instagram has, uh, 140 million daily users or something like that. Whoa. And which is a lot. And you can really capitalize on that and really create a market and, you know, build your business off of that pretty easily, uh, as opposed to before. So it was interesting for sure to see the growth happen in such a way where basically for two years, after the first two years of kind of stagnant growth and slowly getting up to 10K, 20K, um, and companies hitting me up, out of nowhere, I started 
uh, just growing exponentially. It was like 50K a year easily for two years there. And then I got up to 100 plus, 130. And um, in between all that process, I had my account banned like two or three times, now going on the fourth or fifth. And wow. I've gotten restated every time. But nonetheless, it's uh, it's been a wild ride. What is, yeah. What does that process look like, getting banned and reinstated? Yeah. So when you get your account banned, it just kind of gets disabled. You you know, try to swipe up your phone and then the whole login screen comes in and says your account has been terminated for violating TOS. Uh, please click, click here if you think there was a mistake or whatever. And I don't know about nowadays, but uh, before they never had like an actual official uh, form you could go to from clicking the link. And so you ha- kind of had to know where to look and how to find that form. And so luckily I got given that link to the form, just an appeal form essentially to go file an appeal for your account to be reinstated. And uh, I got lucky, got the got the link and everything. So, and found out then how to do it and just basically blowing them up. Honestly, yeah. just bugging the fuck out of them being like, hey, uh, listen, this was not okay. I run a legitimate business in the state of Colorado. There's nothing I do that's illegitimate. And yeah. I'm just trying to create content for this platform. Yeah. And you're not selling anything. And I'm not selling anything at all, that's, which is huge. Yeah. And I think that's probably been my saving grace this whole time. Right. Versus same. other brands who actually go on there, like dispensaries and cannabis wholesalers and stuff who actually go on there and will get their account banned. And then that's that because they, well, they are actually yeah. selling cannabis. So there's yeah. nothing that, you know. Totally. <laughs> and so the, it's it's a it's a it's a fine gray line you're walking on with this whole right. industry in the whole social media realm, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've only had my account, um, yeah, like banned or terminated once, and same thing. It like it logs you out. You try to like log back in. It says you've violated terms. Um, then you click appeal, and luckily I got the appeal form too, so oh, cool. was able to just submit that. And they were like, "Oh, sorry, we made a mistake." Yeah, every time, every time, yeah. they don't want to get sued or anything or have any big lawsuits come after them because they don't know who they're dealing with at the end of the day. We could be owning a five fortune company, you know, in a very successful business and whatever it is. Uh, yeah, their whole stance is because it's federally illegal, so they have to remain by those federal laws. And I get it, but at the same time. You're censoring businesses who are trying to work and trying to make money for their families and trying to create a living in the future, yeah. and it's just not cool. And just us showing how we live, like, right? It's literally this us just us showing like what we do every day, normalizing and, cannabis. Yeah. yeah. So it's literally the fact that yeah, we're not selling anything. We're just showing people what we're doing. Like, how can you? That's literally like trying to ban our free speech. Is it a person that reports it, or is it um, well, like that's, AI that? That's the thing we don't really it. know because I've heard that if. You get like ten or twenty people to report an account in a certain amount of time, then it will like trick an algorithm for them to like shut oh. it down. But then other times it depends on like wording. If you say anything about like deals or like anything about money, okay, that will also like. Haven't you heard similar things? Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I have. Um, that's verbatim exactly what happens. Pretty much. There's also like I just found this out. Three weeks ago, give or take, there's actually services you can go online and um, just like how you can purchase fake followers and fake lights and all that, you can actually go and purchase uh, a service where it goes and 
you have a bunch of bots report an account and they can't guarantee wow. the account get banned, but it's that's what it does. Wow. It oh basically God. sends like several hundred to thousand bots at once. That's and so speaking so of fucked up. Yeah. And so speaking <laughs> of all this, uh it's a it's a business tactic at the end of the day. You know, you're trying to like it's a dog eat dog world out there sometimes. It kind of sucks to think like that, that everyone's trying to go for the same goal. But it at the end of the day, super successful businesses are going to make sure they stay that way no matter what, even if it means fighting dirty. And it, it does suck to think that, but they will use those tactics. And uh, speaking of which, I'm not, I'm not sure what happened, but I'm almost positive this happened to me not even a month or two ago. I had a, a series of posts removed in a 30-minute span one morning. I was actually um, just recently, as some people may or may not know, I've been, uh, I just bought a bunch of studio equipment. And so I got a new professional light and um, a rotary table and the stack shot. And so I'm doing nice trichome stacks and nice. 360 videos and that all night. And uh, so I've been really stepping up my game lately. And I think potentially, I, you know, it's hard to say, I might have been stepping on some toes and people might yeah. be seeing that and being like, oh, fuck this guy. What's he, who does he think he is? You yeah. know, that's not cool at all. And uh, I'm just trying to live for my kids, you know? And so that's where right. my head's at. It's like, why are they hating on your dreams? Yeah. Like, and so it's, it's, it's like, hard to say if anything actually came, if this was someone who's hating or if this was a system malfunctioning. But like I said, 30 minutes one morning, uh, nine posts back to back pretty much in a two Whoa. minute time frame in between each one. Uh, it was. It felt super weird and super targeted, just because it was a lot of my newer recent posts that I had taken with my new camera, and then it was a lot of older posts that had done really well in terms of engagement and everything like that. And it was oh. just kind of random, and it, like I said, just boom, 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 and then out of nowhere, my account got. Uh, I tried to refresh my account, and it switched me to screen, and it's like your account has been. Uh, temporarily disabled be, due to suspicious activity. Please verify your info, and if we can verify that, we'll let you back in in 24 hours. And I was like, "Huh, that's strange. That has never like happened before." Hacked in. Like someone was trying to do something. So that makes me feel like someone did. So it was, it was like you, after you. It was after me, just because they've seen the recent success. And uh, I mean, especially in the photography world, there's not there's. There's a decent amount of photographers out there, but the business isn't as prevalent as it may seem at times. And so it's a lot of photographers fighting for some of these companies to try right. to get their work. And um, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. I have, you know, I've done it firsthand unintentionally wow. just because I have companies reaching out to me and they're like, hey, can you come in? Da, 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 da. And I'll be like, yeah, sure, I can do that. And yeah. then I find out two weeks later that so and so was actually supposed to go shoot him, but I did instead because uh, the owner reached out to me instead of them. They liked your work. They more. liked my work. Yeah, and so that's where it's been. It felt targeted. But then they think that they like you went after their bag. Yeah, basically. yeah, like, like I stepped on their toes because. Yeah. But they don't know the full extent that of the fact that the owner had reached out to me. Yeah, and I'm not a type of person who. Who's going to go and step on their photographer's toes and other content creator's toes? If I see someone has something successful going with a brand, I'll let them be. And I'll be like, that's cool. Hell yeah. But if that brand's owner is going to reach out to me, well, there's a reason they're reaching out to me. And yeah. I need to make sure I can provide my services in a professional yeah. manner no matter what. So I can make sure I feed my family. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's just sad. Like people just get like so upset or angry so easily. I just wish it would just be approached from a point of love and like there is enough to go around. Like, yeah, I don't, you know. There really is, especially this day and age. It's so easy to um, make a bunch of money as long as you just put your mind to it. Uh, with inflation skyrocketing and everything and then some, so it's crazy. like, it's 
honestly five times easier to make 500 bucks today than it was just a few years ago. I agree. So. Yeah. With the power, the harnessing of social media. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Were you always active on social media? Like... Yeah. Back to like MySpace days yeah. or was Instagram oh, wow. kind of like a one Or Tumblr. Oh boy. So we're talking, okay, so and MySpace. when did you post your first like cannabis photo, would you say? I think it was with MySpace. I don't even honestly remember. It was so weird. I met this guy, Tyler, and he somehow knew how to plug my account into the whole network essentially. And he had this like back door where he was just creating this network of like seeing kids of, on MySpace, not even seeing kids, but just everyone. So it was it was crazy. I got plugged into this network, and out of nowhere, it was like I was a part of millions of other people's like feeds and stuff like that, and vice versa. And so it was oh. just like this constant growth. Cool. Uh, it was really weird back then. I don't I don't know the whole extent. It was of like it. a little community page, but like that was big. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what the whole thing was. And then he also created an app off of that that people could plug their accounts into, and basically, uh, your accounts wow. would go. So you were plugged in early to like plugged in. Yeah, I ended up getting at the at that peak of my MySpace days. It was like sixty eight k or something followers on MySpace wow. or subscribe. Subscribers, were they called? I, I think they were called. Friends, subs- I think. Friends, that's yeah. what they're called. Yeah. Oh, Sk- for the win. Yeah, oh, yeah. man, MySpace. That was, yeah. That was Let's the day. Let's be friends on MySpace. Yeah. And so that's. be in your top eight. Yeah. I got a small taste of that. And then uh, for years, didn't even touch social media at all. And wow, it was like, I dropped social media. Nuts. Yeah. And then uh, it was, like I said, random. Picked it back up. Saw people posting. And I was just like, screw it. Let's do it again. And uh, I actually had forgotten about my MySpace days until I was starting, the Instagram was starting to really ramp up and I mm-hmm. passed 20K and I was just like, why does this all seem so familiar? And I was like, oh <laughs> shit, deja vu. MySpace. And I was like, whoa, that's really crazy. How is this happening again? It's like you were meant to do it. Have you tried to like harness back those people from the MySpace Wait, days? Yeah, like those 68K? Can you like, still is there get a way access to I don't even know, honestly, if I can still get access to that because I, yeah. I forgot. I, it's been so long. Right. I don't know any of my account info anymore. Like throw up a couple old pictures and see if people are like, oh, yeah. Wait, but the, yeah. all the MySpace stuff was just photos of you. It was nothing cannabis. Right, right. right? Just photos of me. Yeah, just mm. photos of me and my okay. scene hair and scene dressing and the yes. whole night. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And now time for a quick commercial break. Major shout out to today's sponsor, Hemper. Check them out at hemper.co or follow them on Instagram at H-E-M-P-E-R. My favorite thing about the Hemper monthly subscription boxes are they always come with stuff I seriously need, like this de-bowler that's silicone. I use it all the time and it's amazing. I don't know what I would do without it. She literally uses it every single day. They're just always really fun to get in the mail and it always has stuff I need. Like I'm not running out to go get a lighter or the hemp wick. I just ran out of because I just got some in the box. So be sure to use code McCarterGetsHigh at Hemper.co. So then what about when you picked up Instagram again? Did you immediately start doing cannabis stuff or did you just do regular content first? Oh, no. So it was uh, it was regular content. It wasn't fully cannabis for about the first year. And the, uh, a lot of the uh, followers and stuff I had were just close friends, family and everything like that. And then uh, I want to say like 2012 or 2013 or something crazy like that. I don't even remember fully. Like when the first few years it came out. Yeah. And I just Same with me. created the account because like, oh, this is cool. It's going to be potentially trendy one right. day. 
and uh, everyone else did it. And like I said, thousand followers. And then um, I, what was I doing? Just one night, I think I was uh, bored scrolling on Instagram. I was like, yeah, I haven't opened this up. Let's go check it out. Started scrolling. And I saw a friend of mine post a picture of his cannabis plant. And I was like, and I got the idea. I was like, oh, we, we can do that on social media. And I was like, Huh. It's like a whole new world. It's a whole new, yeah, my whole, yeah, exactly. My mind just like blew up really quick. And I was just like, whoa, this is cool. I should try this. And so I did. And I just grabbed my, uh, it was a Galaxy S9. I was growing at home in my basement and I was just taking photos of my plants in my basement. And I was taking yeah. photos, posting them, no method seven lens filter, just cool angles, I guess. And I was posting some of them and uh, it got some likes here and there. And then I decided to really take it up one day and post, uh, post some more. I think I got up to like two or three times a day and I was actually going through and liking other people's posts uh, that had liked my post to try to build up that momentum and that engagement yeah. momentum. And sure enough, I did that for eight months, solid, easy eight months, just six hours a day, probably just sitting there. And it, it you know, I pissed some people off like my ex at the time and um, <laughs> but you know, in the end it was all worth it because now where it's gotten me today has been so, it look, I look back and I'm like, damn, I maybe I should even try it harder. Cause you know, maybe I would even be farther right now potentially, but you can't yeah. look back at those things. So totally. No, you, you did amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so Wow. That is so crazy. Especially looking back and think, yeah, I'm just like, cause I think about that too of like, why didn't I start posting like cannabis stuff earlier? You know, like. Because I didn't start posting cannabis stuff until like 2017. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, the whole stigma behind it too, you know, everyone was like not as accepting as they are today. Yeah, I thought my parents would have like disowned me basically. Yeah. That's why I didn't do it sooner until like in college. I did it right when I moved out here, like literally the month after I graduated college. May 27 or June 2017, moved out to Boulder and was like, I can finally be free, I feel like, to post about cannabis and my love for cannabis. And like that's where it all happened, <laughs> but yeah. that's so interesting. I yeah, I'm just seeing so many parallels in our stories too. That's badass. Oh yeah, yeah, it's cool. This whole uh, this whole adventure has been super awesome, and I can't be any more blessed for it. You know, so uh, it's yeah. gonna be cool to see where it takes me to. I got a, a lot of projects in the works coming up, and oh, can you share any like, um, sneak peeks with us, or like what you plan to do in the future? Some, or? some, yeah, I can. I got one NFT project coming up that I'm gonna be doing ah! for a company. It's uh, <laughs> It just revolves some of the the three sixty butch uh, videos I've been doing recently. Those are so cool. Yeah, so we'll be taking thousands of photos of different strains and turning them into uh, some NFTs for a company I can't really say just yet because I'm not sure if they want me to. Yeah, uh, I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty cool though because right now where the markets are all at, especially with the crypto market and everything, I think it's like probably the perfect time to jump in yeah. Uh, yeah, to catch the next run in a few years. So, Wow. We're trying to get an NFT made for the show. That's yeah, cool. But we yeah, don't really so. know where to start. It, <laughs> so, it just yeah. takes time. You know, I had this idea of the whole NFT thing uh, about a year ago when they first, uh, you know, crypto was having its bull run back in February, uh, January, February, March, basically mm-hmm. at the end of its bull run more so, I should say, back then, uh, last year. And then... Um, Come, I think right then in March, April, May is when like the NFTs started popping off, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, you gotta buy these NFTs." And da da da. Later, I found out that people were just inflating their own NFT prices to basically oh. create this crazy Ponzi scheme to sell off their NFTs to people who didn't know any better. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people got burnt in that whole process, which kind of sucks to think about. Damn. Um, 
not I don't know if you guys know anyone, but if you do, it's just I I feel for them because that was a that was a crazy, crazy time to uh be in this economy, this whole world, you know. Yeah. And uh so with that said, I got the idea last year and I was like, damn, what am I gonna do for an FT? And it took me pretty much eight months to figure out what I was actually gonna do. And it wasn't until I think I saw I don't know if you guys know this person on Instagram, video.macro. He does mm-hmm. a bunch of 360 photography and stuff like that. And he's actually who kind of uh, ins- gave me inspiration to get into that and to try it out in the whole nine. And uh, I was like, fuck, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create some NFTs like that. And then I also saw some other people creating these like virtual 3D playing cards. And I was like, well, shit, if I just mesh these couple ideas together, it would be super cool. Yeah. And um, so I was like, well, you know, I'm just going to put it on the universe and try to manifest it and see if it happens. Sure enough, not even two months earlier. Uh, so we're in, where are we, in May? And so March of this year, a uh, company reached out to me and they're like, hey, you need to come take some photos. They found out I can do the 360 videos. I actually got the gear specifically because they... Uh, had asked if I could do it. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to just take that leap of faith yeah. and I'm going to get the gear. And if it works out, then it does. If it doesn't, well, then I can continue working on that skill set to right. improve for next time. Sure enough, it worked out great. And um, I ended up creating a dope video, which I'm actually going to be dropping for said company potentially later this week. So that will be the earliest like sneak peek people can potentially get of awesome. what is to come of the NFTs. Do they have utility? Like, I I don't even know honestly because okay. I'm just being brought onto the project and they're still working out the details of when I'm going to come in and take the sh- uh, photos of everything, and so I'm sure when that happens, uh, I'll be asking all that to find out more info. Yeah, yeah, it's been a slow but sure process because the how much is going into the project is it's pretty massive to be honest, and they I mean they are talking about potentially upwards of thirty different strains. Which all need 360 videos, and I mean, oh it takes anywhere from easy five to six hours per strain to shoot for wow. multiple layers. Oh my god! I was just gonna say, like, how many hours is this yeah, talking? So that so, is so time intensive. Yeah, it's very time intensive. Uh, and but that's like how many but how many buds do you get? Like how many? Well, nuts? is it one bud per strain? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So yeah. it's like you and that one bud for six hours. That's yeah, pretty much. Beautiful. Well, yeah, I pull out my laptop and get other work done, of course. Okay. But yeah, because it is. Uh, like just, how much does it turn every like shot? One degree. Ah! One degree per angle. So I get basically we'll do the stack that's shot. Nuts. I'll start them from the beginning and to the I'll start a start point and get an end point and basically, you know, set all of my stack shot. And then I'll set how many degrees I want to turn and how much of the degree I want it to turn as well. So I could say like 360 times by half a degree, which would only be 180, but it'd be half degree increments. So that way you get like a little more crisp and smooth motion picture essentially. Um, or you can do even finer if you're doing like trichome layers and stuff like that just to give people an example. And a typical Bud 360 shot is anywhere from like 2,000 to 3,000 photos. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Can you give a rough estimate of like what you would charge for a project like that? Um, Anywhere from like 700 to 1,000 plus per strain. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, wait, I thought you were going to say like five to 10 grand or something. No, per strain. So for a project like that, it's going to be anywhere from like, I mean, I'll obviously give them a good discount, but I'm I'm thinking easy fifteen to twenty. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, 20 to 30 maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, I'm, it, it's, 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 uh, I look at it things like if I can build a good clientele and I can put in a good word for myself by my good work ethic and I can cut them a good deal initially, I can secure that client. And then later down the road, I can be like, Hey, listen, get more out of it. Yeah. Later. This is, yeah, exactly. Yep. It's just Build, building, yeah. building that client relationship at first. I feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's challenging because you don't know how much to charge ever until you yep. go and charge them. And they're just like, okay, cool. When do we start? And you're just like, oh shit, I just charged way too less. Right. I need to go back and do that. And I had that conversation with my dad last night, actually. He's telling me, uh, we're talking business for about an hour and he had called me and just shit talking. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, just start charging more. You would be surprised. I just started charging double and all my work and people are biting it up. I'm just like, what? He's people like, are biting it up? Yeah, he's, he's, he Everyone, he does bathrooms. Yeah, he does, inflation. Yeah, he does bathroom remodels and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, I just uh, usually was quoting like 10 to 15K for a bathroom and he just doubled to the 30, basically to 30K. And he said, people are still saying okay with no problem at all. Wow. Not even blinking an eye. Just been like, yeah, when can you start? And wow. he's just like, I didn't even realize it was going to be that easy. So he's telling me last night, just start charging more. Double your prices, Double your son. prices, yep. <laughs> Wow, Especially yeah. in this economy, like if it's going to keep going the way it is and inflation is going to keep happening, like, dude, it's nuts. You have to get ahead of it. Yeah, you have yeah. to get ahead of it until they decide to force us into a recession by raising rates too quickly over the actual inflation rate. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like they're um, kind of getting to that. They're trying, hopefully. they're pushing yeah. the rates higher, which is definitely you can feel putting pressure on the economy. Finally, it took Jerome Powell so long to. Yeah. Anyway. SK loves her politics. Yeah, I could get into it for a Economics, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Economics. Well, I love economics. I taught myself economics this last couple of years just Me from too. being at home because I was just like, you know what? Screw this. I need to get ahead of the curve. I need to become financially secure and wealthy. And I also uh, found a few YouTubers who helped inspire that at the same time. So it's uh, it's been pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Wait, are you on YouTube as well as your Instagram? Yeah, uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and... Um, that's about it. Really. It's, well, it's, my uh, Facebook, but you know, there's not really. I do much on Facebook because it's so heavily moderated. So, yeah. Um, is Instagram your biggest platform? Yes, it is. Yep. And then Twitter being my second, and then uh, YouTube being my third. And I've actually okay. posted much on YouTube since the whole uh, uproar of Instagram and when I was growing on Instagram. Yeah. So. Well, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think about all the different platforms and kind of like? With Elon Musk buying Twitter, and um, do you know uh, Silenced Hippie by chance, Sasha? Yeah, yeah, She's that sounds one of familiar. My friends. Okay, totally. Um, she has you know like three hundred thousand Instagram followers, and then like a hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand. YouTube subscribers. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. Yeah, I didn't so know that. She, um, she's been doing it for a while as well, but she's out on the East Coast. Okay. And she's just said recently YouTube has gotten so bad with like, um, like restricting her content, um, like putting like just like explicit like stuff on, like being like warning mm-hmm. on her stuff and then like also not showing it to even like her followers. Oh, wow. So she's being and uh, subscribers. Yeah. She's being uh, shadowed essentially. Yeah. In a so she's switched over to Twitch. So I was also wondering like. Oh, okay. I've heard a lot of good things about like Twitch. Live stuff. Whereas you do more like edited videos, I feel like. Yeah. I don't do much live content. Uh, not as much as I like to. I just. There's so much going on in my life where, like, I honestly just need another me to be able to right. take on a whole other side <laughs> of this business I want to be yeah. able to push. Me uh, too, so, with like the website and yeah, just everything. Yeah, blogs and videos. It's like, 
we need three of ourselves <laughs> to well, do everything. You know, speaking of the whole social media thing and Elon Musk and everything, like I'll, I'll keep to this shorter than go to social media, but Elon is actually releasing, you may probably know this, a uh, humanoid robot is in process of beta development and has already made a one to showcase. Basically, a robot that looks like a human that can perform mundane tasks for us to, so that way we can get more done. They're going to go out and do your dishes, mow your lawn, vacuum your you know carpet, do whatever you need to do around the house. And they're he's saying they're going to cost anywhere from like thirty to thirty five thousand to start. Uh, what I've so, not heard of this. Yeah, this and so you got to think yeah. about it in the in the bigger picture, in the grand scheme of things. Like if you can, if an employee, an employer can go and buy a humanoid robot for thirty thousand dollars or less, which can replace a sixty thousand dollars salary job, it's going to create a lot of pressure on this economy in a lot of crazy ways. Like. It's just disruptive, innovative technology at its finest right there. And yeah. uh, and a lot of people haven't heard about it because a lot of people, like that type of news and media isn't really promoted as heavily. Just, I don't know why, honestly. It's really weird because there's been so many people I've told about this. I'm like, what? I've never heard about that. I'm like, wow, this yeah. is this is pretty big news in the tech world. Like technology cannot be stopped and it's only getting faster and evolving more quickly and becoming better by the day. It's insane to think about. Yeah, that really is. So would you guys buy a robot? <laughs> I mean, if they're if coming the in money. at $30,000, like pretty soon they'll be affordable to people like It's me, like the next so. Tesla, basically. Yeah, they will. I think it would, uh, I don't know. That's a thought. That's a, that's a hard question. I feel like in like 10 years after I see them, you know, go through their first couple phases of like... My humanoid robot killed me, and like these sorts of like Alexa well, right. solving that's, murders that's kind the of shit. Biggest like, fear is like when robots become like autonomous from us, and then like rebel against humans. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time. They say it is because with machine learning and artificial intelligence, it's insane what Wait, they can do. Yeah, right? It's like if they can realize we're the enemy. Computer somewhere that like when they turn it on. It like gets so out of hand. They have to like turn it off because they don't know what it's doing or I where it's going. I have heard that. Yes, yeah, it's like it's already gotten to the point where yeah. it's like, like kill humans. No fucking way. Yes, wow. literally. I don't know who was telling me this, but there's some like crazy supercomputer that they've designed, huh. like in like China or somewhere. I think not in America, and it's literally like so advanced that they can only like turn it on for a certain amount of time to study it. And then it gets so far past like what we're comprehending that they don't know what it's going to do, so they have to just shut it off. Yeah. I'm going to look into. I'll send you something. Okay, yeah, do do. It makes sense. I mean, it's it's a powerful tool. It's crazy what a supercomputer. Yeah, even artificial intelligence on Instagram, nonetheless, can uh, read videos and photos and then learn what those objects are in the photos and videos and then be able to pick up a totally new video or photo and be like, oh, that looks like that object and then relate it to that object and then teach itself that it like has multiple use, variations yeah. of that object. So yeah, it's just crazy. Oh, wow. Well, do you are you like scared, I guess, at all of the future of like social media and us still being able to like harness our careers and like, or do you believe in like free speech will prevail? Yeah, that's a good question. The whole and because like we can't use TikTok either. Yeah, Canvas creators have a very hard time, and so I think that really comes down to maybe potentially what's to come with Elon buying Twitter. You know, what I'm saying he's all about 
wanting to create a free speech platform. And I know that anytime I've gone on Twitter, I've been able to post whatever and say whatever about cannabis. You can have nudity and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like and porn like, on Twitter. And it does, the quality of the photos never get degraded and the text never gets censored. Unless, of course, you're maybe trying to say that you're going to kill the president right. or something crazy. You can't crazy, do, like, you know, Yeah. Unless you are the president. Yeah. Oh, well, that's okay, cool. Whoops. Okay. We can't get into that right now, Sorry. SK. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, as long as it's, like, not threatening, Twitter kind of, like, allows anything to go almost. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's kind of what I've seen. And I've been trying to get more into Twitter and LinkedIn. I've heard LinkedIn is also, like, cannabis-friendly, too. Oh, okay, that's cool. I um, um, had no idea. I'm not even a part of that community yet. So Something to maybe look into yeah, with definitely. all the other stuff you know we need to do for yeah. businesses. Right, right. <laughs> it's uh, being a business owner is no joke hard. It can be. Tiring hours, but so rewarding in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you started your business and you were looking for your first clients, like how did you go about, um, you know, getting money yeah. for taking pictures of weed? And was that the first thing that you did? Yeah, totally. So basically I just went, uh, a lot of footwork, a lot of just reaching out to companies after I saw the initial, the initial want from a couple companies, uh, speaking of which some of the first companies actually gave me the opportunity to make it where I am today essentially is a uh, glass blunt store and uh get baked. I don't know if you know of either of those companies. No. Uh, glass blunt store is like a, as it sounds, just a glass blunt. Um, they're here out of Denver. I've heard of them. Okay, Wait, cool. yeah. I used to have one of those. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I they're, don't know what happened to they're it. They're everywhere for sure. And, um, and then get baked is like a hash company. They, uh, do distillate and was it? They oh, have, wait, I have seen, I've heard of them. Yeah. They've, they've been around for a long time, but I don't think they do as much marketing now as they once did before. And I could be wrong. I just haven't really uh, kept up to date with them. So, sure. Uh, but yeah, so thanks to them. And then uh, another friend of mine, Barry, I don't know if you know this guy named Weed Rider. He actually... Uh, yes. Oh my God. We used to message all the time because I was supposed to like do some contracting work for him and then never did. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we like emailed and messaged a while back. Yeah. So he knows pretty much everyone. And... Uh, I actually had reached out to him uh, uh, through Arrow Inhaler. I don't know if you ever remember that company or not. They were yes. they were like an inhaler, basically oh, puff yeah, for sure. medicine. It's, it was like, t- I want to say it was like 10 or 20 milligrams of THC per puff. And, uh, and so it was pretty cool. I reached out to that company. I was just like, hey, you know, uh, how did I do it back then? I think I wasn't as professional back then as I am today, but... I reached out to them and just asked if they needed any content uh, in exchange, probably more than likely in exchange for product. Because at that time I was just that's like- That's how I started to Yeah, I was just like in exchange for product and- Free or, product. Especially uh, yeah. something like that that's like, I'm not going to buy an arrow inhaler probably, but right. like, yeah. If you'll I'll use it, it if me, you give it yeah, to me for free. Like I'm curious <laughs> for sure. Well, um, yeah. yeah, so I ended up getting invited over to- uh, Cultivated Synergy, where his office uh, was. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. Cultivated Synergy. Rip, for sure. And so uh, <laughs> he ended up finding me over, and then that's how that relationship started, and it's been ongoing since. And uh, because of him, um, because of you know Glass Blunt Store, because of, honestly, because of my kid's mom as well, they all have been supportive in one way, shape, or form to uh, help me achieve the unthinkable. Like, I didn't ever anticipate my life to go this way. Aww. So, it's really cool. What is, like, the highlight of your career thus far? 
That's a good one. The highlight of my career thus far, I'd have to say, oh gosh, that is. We can come back to it if you no, want to think about it. it. I mean, it's a good question. I just have like potentially two, I think. And it depends on what kind of, I guess, how you want to look at it. So one of the huge highlights, I think, that really, really inspired me to just take it to a whole nother level uh, when I was growing at that rapid pace I was a few years ago was uh, when Atlantic Records had reached out to me. They reached oh, out to me and wanted to do whoa. work for a 420 campaign. And I was just like, I... That's that, not- that's that's kind of you know the sign right there that you get from the gods just being like, look, you're being watched by a large audience, and you need to make sure you're doing this right. Yeah, from here on out. And so that's kind of what inspired me to get going, and then the kids inspired me and everything else, and then some. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that's probably one of my biggest moments, I think. Wow. Aside from maybe just recently and getting all the gear and getting to this professional level I've been seeking for for years to come now. So Yeah, those three sixty vids. Yeah, the three sixty vids, the studio lights, the you know, the the new canon that just came out, the whole nine, you know. So wow. it's, it's been uh Do you yeah. have dropping a stack? Do you have your three sixty camera set up so you can do like VR stuff? Like can I like be in that bud? Oh, okay. Um, I've heard that that's kind of like metaverse, you know. Totally, totally. You should look into doing that. Yeah, you know, I don't have it set up like that, but that's a great idea, honestly. People Uh, getting high and then just like diving into the- the, Wait, that's brilliant. The photos I take and those videos and stuff, I can actually um, create 3D virtual objects out of them and basically remove the whole object from the video, even if it's spinning, and then put it into anything or onto anywhere and it becomes a 3D virtual object. So I think- it's totally possible. I just haven't gotten that far and taught myself that just yet. I have a question. Yeah. What are your goals for your career in like in now the future since you've just now hit this like next level? I think what I'm really like my whole life I've always been about just going with the flow and about just like letting things happen. I feel like how they are supposed to. I don't feel like fighting the universe and making it a challenge to live life. I feel like that the universe has plans for everyone and it's up to you to take hold of what is your future. And so I think that my future holds a lot of cool things. I don't really know what it is and I don't really have any immediate goals other than just like trying to get into a new house for my kids, get a new car and continue to grow my business and just continue to build a name for myself. So that way when people think, oh, I need some dope content, they're thinking Cody. They're always thinking me and or not me, maybe me close to second or third at least. You know, yeah. As long as that can be, I think that will go a long way and I can continue building off that. Um, ultimate goal would though be to maybe build out my Lyft and Media production company to the point where I have an accountant, I have an assistant who's scheduling shoots, I have another photographer or another content creator by my side helping create and just pushing Lifted Media to the next level. Yeah. Um, because it's been such a dream of mine, but it's taken it's taken a long time. And uh, like I said, success doesn't come easy. And the universe likes to test you in so many ways to see if you actually want what you say you want. Yeah. Well, with that, we do have a, a question we kind of ask everyone kind of at the end. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it leads in perfectly now. Um, what do you see of like, happening with the cannabis industry, whether like federal legalization or just anything that comes to mind. Yeah, so I think uh, I think federal federal legalization is just around the corner, honestly. And I think 
why I think that is because the fact that they've been just so much more lax about it. They've been letting the states do their thing. I mean, every, I don't know, I forget how many states exactly are now medically or recreationally, but there's a, almost, I think, 75% of the country that has gone yeah. green, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I think they're kind of treating it maybe like the alcohol prohibition times where they let all the states kind of decide for themselves. And then once all the states kind of decide for themselves and they have all their senators, politicians, and anyone else who want they want to have capitalized off of that cannabis market in the stocks that they want to be in or in the companies, uh, invested in the companies they want to be invested in, basically before they cut the ribbon and let it let it <laughs> yeah. loose, you know? And then once that happens- there would be a shit show with people trying to like get in. Oh yeah, it's just going to be a crazy shit show because no one, everyone right now is kind of still like not sure they could pull the plug at any time. Yeah. But, you know, those who are sticking out right now are going to be rewarded in the end where, because, you know, you're going to have Walmart, you're going to have Walmart, uh, Marlboro, you're going to have Monsanto, yeah. you're going to have all these big companies come into the industry Ugh, when it goes legal. Monsanto. And they're going to just create this whole other disgusting part of the industry that anyone who's been around will truly see. And any newcomer that gets into it won't even know the fucking difference. They'll be like, oh, well, this yeah. looks okay because it's being sold at Walmart or whatever, and they'll just smoke it anyways. Yeah. And uh, so true. But they got to capitalize off of it, just like everything else. This world's a business. It's being ran like a business. Uh, we live yeah. in a capitalist society now where- Our country is a business. The, the globe, it's the global society is a business. And it's global like- Global economy. And they're seeing like where things are successful and where things aren't successful. And uh, whoops, and they want to uh, capitalize on it, I feel. I mean, you hear all the time of Congress making trades on the stock market and how they supposedly banned Congress from trading and this that, and another thing. And it's just a, it's all hoopla. They, everyone has to make money somehow. So the best way to do that is, well, get into the cannabis stocks and then legalize it. And then everybody else jumps into the cannabis stock, aka retail investors. They drive up those prices. And then the politicians, senators, and congressmen who knew it was going to get legal, who bought in early in age, uh, profit off that. And it's just a game. It's just a big game. Yeah. And you just have to know how to play it to get ahead. Yeah, you know, I'm all about actually creating futures, and part of that is building multiple businesses. And I think that eventually, if the media marketing and lifted media, you know, takes off the way it is, I would ultimately like to. Oops, I would ultimately like to start a um, start my own little dispensary or retail shop or whatever it is, and grow my own buds and sell it to the public. Because for a long time there, during my whole growth, I had thousands of people. Thousands of people ask me, where can I find your bud? Where can I find your bud? Because I was taking photos of my own bud at home. And I, I, was, I was doing it. I learned from someone who's been doing it for 30 years in the black market, down in Florida, on the West Coast, the whole nine. And I perfected their formula and then basically added more to it to make it even better. And so I was doing really good. Nonetheless, not to try to gloat much or anything, but like it, it just, I'm proud of myself and seeing all that I accomplished and then knowing what I can accomplish in the future based off of that and seeing the support that I still get to this day. And people still hitting me up to this day, being like, Where can I find your bud? And I'm just responding, One day, man. Don't worry, one day. <laughs> Do you have any um, tips and tricks for the home grower to? Oh yeah, we love a tip or Home there, yeah. Home their skill, low stress training, uh, trellising, lots of tender love and care. Um, Do you sing to your plants? Uh, talk to them. to them. Just talk yeah. to them a lot. I was never a big singer. Mm. Uh, played music, but talk to them a bunch. Just you know, tell them how pretty they are and how they're doing so good, oh. and just uh, yeah, you know, 
really, uh, they're, they're living plants, you know what I'm saying? They're living things, they're creatures too. And they, this plant was put on this earth by some higher power out there, whether you believe in God or the universe or whatever your higher power may be. And it's here to stay and it's not going anywhere. So you got to embrace Mary Jane as, as she is. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. So our last question is, if you could get high with anyone, alive or dead, not family, um, who would it be and how would you consume? Oh, shit. That's a tough question. I think, um, <laughs> damn, putting me on the spot here. I think probably I, the first person that comes to mind is Seth Rogen. He's just been nice. a classic. He's been my all-time favorite stoner idol. His success and seeing how he's been able to capture his manifestation and bring it to a whole other level just through his comedy, through his stoner comedy, nonetheless, has really and social media and social media has and through his house, his brand house plants and everything has really set the stage for what people believed couldn't happen. Yeah. And like my dad, for example, verbatim, he's like, you'll be lucky if you ever see cannabis legal in your day. And I remember him telling me that so much growing up. And look at all of us now. How would you consume with him? Oh, right, right. Um, hmm. You know, the cross joint is the most typical thing, but honestly, just probably a couple of fat bong bowls and just some good old stories and laughter. Yes. I mean, I'm just telling him stories I got and hearing his stories he's got. I think that's uh, the do you best. Have, wait, do you have any crazy weed stories you can share with us? Um, like funny things that have happened while you were high or like... It was a DMT experience. So I was smoking uh, DMT actually a year prior to this. It was in 20, 2011. I was 21. And a year prior to this, I had basically researched it. My friend had told me about it. Uh, I was really into acid at the time. He's like, yo, look at this, check this stuff out. It's like acid, but on another level. And it's created in your brain. I was like, what? And so I looked it up, did research, found out it was created in your pineal gland, and it's basically uh, created as fast as it's used. And I was just like, wow, that's it's insane to think about. It's your dream drug. It's the drug that's released when you're born and when you die. And back then, I didn't really put too much thought into it other than that, as I am now, where my mind has evolved to today. But back then... Uh, a year had passed. My buddy had told me he uh, he found some. He's like, "Hey man, I found some that was made from the mimosa root bark or whatever that was." I believe if that's the right stuff. No, he said it was made with mimosa root bark, but it was from the back of a toad, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so I had a, I, for, I honestly forgot all the research I'd done a year prior. So I just bought three grams of it. And I was like, "Screw it! I'll buy three grams and split each gram into thirds, and it'll be good. I'll I'll be fine," you know. <laughs> Mm. Well, so I got home, kept that idea in my head. And so I put the first, and I was with, uh, her name was Hannah at the time. It was an old, old ex of mine who I'd been dating for almost a couple years uh, up until just a few months after that whole thing. Uh, nonetheless, uh, <laughs> so I put the first three tenths into the bowl, uh, no weed on it or below it or anything. I just like tried hitting it and I, like I said, I forgot to do the research and I was just super newbie about it. Hit it, sucked straight through the bowl. And I was like, huh, okay, well, that didn't work. And I was like, ah, I'll put weed on it. That's what I'll do. Uh, put it on weed. And so I put the, uh, gosh, this is, okay, on, give me a second. I love this. So I put the weed in the bowl and I put the DMT on top of that, uh, the three tenths. Whereas, as many people may know, a normal dose is half a tenth. So I was taking six times the amount on my first time 
over weed. And as many people know, when you melt hash over weed, uh, it can make the bowl last longer and it'll basically melt and coat the whole bowl in a fine layer of hash. And so that's kind of what happened with the DMT is I started hitting it and I'd pass it to Hannah and then she'd pass it back and about seven hits in, I'm uh, leaning back. We're listening to some Beatles, I believe. And one of the songs just starts getting, it starts turning like super high pitch and into one tone. And I'm just like leaning back and it's getting high pitch, more high pitch. And um, the one tone is going and I'm just started to go down this, this kaleidoscope, this like vortex, it's like tunnel. It's, it was this, how do I put it? Just like a, a tunnel, like a kaleidoscope, it fell. It was like a bunch of geometric patterns and shapes. And I just started traveling down it. Like my whole vision turned into that. And all at the same time, my body was feeling like it was dissolving. And I was actually becoming like one with everything. And so after I traveled through that tunnel, that's when my astral body started leaving my physical body. And I saw my physical body sitting on my bed as my astral body's lifting out. I saw myself sitting there grabbing my bong, kind of shaking back and forth because I was leaving my body. And so at that moment, I was like, well, shit, do I need to go back and make sure I'm okay, make sure my bong's okay? And so I actually tried. I tried and I fought it and I shouldn't have. And so what happened is I went back, I remember, vaguely remember putting my bong up on the shelf, but then two hours later, I landed in my friend's doorway and I was grabbing onto his door frames, both hands. And I was like looking around. And I just see a bunch of like what looks like vibrations everywhere in the air, little squiggle lines everywhere. And I'm just like, it felt to me like they were like vibrations of the universe. Essentially, that's like that's what I was seeing. Um, and my buddy was there with his lady, and he's looking at me, and he's like, "Bro, you smoking the Deemsters?" And I was like, "Huh? Yeah, man." And he's like, yo, you mind if we hit it? And I was like, go for it. And he's like, cool, man. And he's like, you know, you were walking around the house using your bong as a cane. So we put you back in your room and took the bong and you've been in there for like two hours, man. And I'm just like, two hours? And I and like, all I remembered is like having what felt like almost like an ego death kind of thing where like I lost sense of who I was because I think I fought leaving. And it, it you know, I'll get to the other part here in a second, but I, I I felt like a whole new person and I don't remember who this person was, but I was living a completely different life and I had so many vivid memories of like someone else's life as if I was actually them and I couldn't piece it together because after I landed back in my body, like those memories just started fading like that. Like they were gone, like almost instantaneously, Whoa. but the transfer from that life to back to my own felt really weird and surreal. And so when that all happened, I came back and- uh, it took me about 30 minutes to come off it completely. And just for a reference, the normal the normal DMT trip is usually about 15 minutes. I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah, so I was gone for two hours, give or take, and I'd taken six times the amount of I was supposed to. Oh so I think what gosh. actually potentially happened, now I'm thinking back to it, is I more than likely overdosed. And I probably actually saw myself dying, and I saw my astral body leaving my physical body because that's what happens when you die. Uh, more than likely, and now that I've seen that verbatim, and uh, it was, it's as real as it gets. Like there's no like, that's the real. It's the real, real right there. And uh, I think that's what happened. Looking back at it, and I think 
God or the universe or the higher power, whoever, the machine elves, whatever you want to call them, they had different plans for me. They're like, no, you you still have a future ahead of you. Whoa. Yeah, so. Holy fuck. Yeah, that's about uh, some crazy, some of the craziest shit I've done. Wow. That was amazing. That was a great way to end this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where can people find you again? Oh, yeah. Okay, so people can find me on Instagram, esoteric.420. Wait, let's spell it out for people. Okay, <laughs> E-S-O-T-E-R-I-C dot 420. Um, pretty much the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. You could go to my website if you wanted. It's theliftedmedia.com, or you can find me on YouTube under Esoteric Kush. And uh, same spelling. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Amazing. Thanks again, Cody. Thank you so much for having me on, Emily. I really appreciate it. Yay. And as always, stay high. Always. (laughs) 